Welcome to episode 34 of Coffee and Co. Read, your source for all things literary with Catherine and Kristen, where we believe there's nothing better than a hot coffee and an awesome book. Join us for our virtual book club where we take one book a month and dive into all the drama, adventure, and romance we can find. Hi, Catherine. Hey, Kristen. Uh, so because it's October and we're sort of, we're on the fall theme, we really like fall, if you haven't guessed. <laughs> um, we figured that we would talk spooky books today. Yeah. So what are you into for spooky books? Um, so I guess I don't really read a whole lot of actual like horror or thriller books. Um, I have read a few and I do like a few, but I also like to sleep. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you know how it is. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess like, I, like a lot of people, I read books that have paranormal elements, but Mm -hmm they're more romance based so there <laughs> there are a lot of those that I've read specifically vampire ones um because yeah. I absolutely love vampires uh but for actual like more thrillery books I do love like just the original Dracula Bram Stoker big fan read mm-hmm. it before we had to read it in school then read it again in school and of like I read it often. Um, I also really like Chuck Palahniuk books. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are maybe more thriller, I would say. I don't really know. Could probably look it up. But he uh, his most famous book, obviously, is Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say my favorites were the book Choke and Rant. I liked those ones a lot. Um, there's also a book, The Raw Shark Texts by Stephen Hall, um, which plays on my love of sharks, uh, which I, I think I actually need to reread. But from what I remember, it was a shark that like came out of words. It was like, I, I, re- I think I read it in high school. It was very trippy. I don't really remember what happened. I really need to reread it. But he was being attacked by a shark. But it wasn't possible to be a like ocean shark. It was like a text shark through the book. Fun. Very. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Um, And then one that I literally read the book because of the movie that was coming out was horns by Joe Hill. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe was in the movie and I, I don't think I've actually seen the movie, but I read the book and I actually <laughs> liked it. <laughs> but I just haven't gotten around to watching the movie yet. So so you read the book so that you could watch the movie and then you read the book and didn't watch the movie. Yeah, and I read the book literally like six years ago. It's been a long time. It, yeah, I read the book around the time that my youngest nephew was born and he is now eight, so been a while um and I also read some R.L. Stein books when I was younger specifically like the Fear Street Saga books because you know I feel like everybody had their turn with R.L. Stein yeah 
I liked the uh, I liked um, the R.L. Stein, like the Goosebumps books, but I really liked the Choose Your Own Adventure ones. Mm, yeah, those were fun too. Yeah. Um, what about you? What are some spooky or fallish books that you like? So, samezies. Like, I'm not a big horror genre book reader. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it's just not my scene. I'm not big on the horror movies. Like, and I know we we say we love Halloween, and we do, but we love like. I feel like our the Halloween we like is like the PG thirteen Halloween. <laughs> yeah, so I'll agree like, with that. You know, like Hocus Pocus and like Halloween Town and like all those old school Halloween movies and like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, like all those sorts of things. That's what mm-hmm. I'm into. Like the XX. <laughs> yes, yes, like the XX. <laughs> um, but. I I am an English teacher, so like I feel like I'm sort of duty bound to like Edgar Allan Poe, mm. um, and I really do like his stuff is really good. Um, obviously, The Telltale Heart is amazing, and I do it with my grade nines every year. Uh, yeah. And also the Cask of uh, Amontillado. I don't actually know if it's Amontillado or Amontillado. It's two L's, which is why I'm saying Amontillado. Um. But yeah, like those two are my go-tos. I really like both of them. Yeah. Um, I do also like some Alfred Hitchcock's, Hitchcock stuff. Um, there's one. I don't actually know what it's called. I call, I call it the lamb dinner. And it's actually really good. Have you seen, have you heard of that one? I haven't, but. It's hilarious. But... I know it's supposed to be scary, but it's not. Essentially this, <laughs> this woman, her husband, like treats her bad so she kills him and she's trying to figure out what to do with the body and she Uh, sweeney todds it she does sweeney todd it (laughs) then to make it all better like so he's missing and then the cops come looking for him and they come to her house and she feeds them him. she feeds them the lamb dinner so they ate the they ate the the amazing the evidence and they're like oh my god this is so good and she was like oh Yep. And it's hilarious, like, not hilarious. I'm not a psychopath, but, like, <laughs> it's good. But, like, the Alfred Hitchcock stuff, is, it's it's not it's not books. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, I will say, though, that the author I probably like the most that I would consider sort of, like, not horror, but, like, maybe creepy, suspenseful, um, is James Rollins. He, and it's weird that I'm into it because you would never say um but it's like doomsday sciencey like i sci-fi-ish i don't know how to explain it so essentially all of his books are sort of similar like they have mm-hmm. the same like makeup like the same blueprint yeah so like usually it's like team of scientists and some military men and they discover like some sort of natural phenomenon and they're like, well, we need to investigate this. And then they go and investigate it and they find all of these like hidden either creatures or bacteria or like spores or something. And they uh, kill like there's like a group of 30 and like everybody dies really gruesome deaths except for like the main two or three <laughs> characters. Um, and they all follow that same model with like different okay but like different themes. So like, yeah, 
my two favorites are subterranean which is in the arctic so they find like this underground arctic cavern and they like get electrocuted by eels and then uh, there's this giant man-eating yetis that come after them all the time and like they all die uh (laughs) and then another one's called amazonia which is set in the amazon so it's the same thing but it's with like amazon based creatures so like there's like a crocodile that's literally like 20 feet long (laughs) and like gigantic and eats them and then there's like scorpions that are like the size of your arm that are gonna come and eat you and like killer monkeys and it's just like it do you know you know what i mean like yes so it's the same idea though so like people will discover it they'll realize oh this should never have been opened up and then they have to work (laughs) to close it again yeah so like it's i don't know if i would call it horror because like the deaths are gruesome Mm-hmm. I will say that like they are not pretty but it does it doesn't feel super horror-y it feels more suspenseful like actiony yeah that makes sense um but that's literally the best I have for a spooky book and like it's not <laughs> spooky but it's got a lot of gruesome deaths in it so if you're into that like check him out because he's really good and he's got a lot of stuff he's um got this whole what's it called the um the Sigma Force series, and he's got how many? 16 books just in that series alone. Um, wow. And essentially, they're all books like that, but it's like the same set of characters, and they're like military based characters, and that's their job. Mm-hmm. Like, that's their job is they go and investigate these like science y phenomenon. So, I don't know. He's really good. I really like his stuff. I feel like if your if your whole job is that and it keeps turning out this way, maybe you should get a new job. <laughs> but the main character never dies, right? And uh, he's like the main, he's like the Sigma Force leader, right? Yeah, that makes so, sense-ish. Yeah. <laughs> and like sometimes it's not him, sometimes it's his friend and his friend goes. I actually mm-hmm. think, if I remember correctly, one of his friends actually loses an arm, I think from the Killer Yetis maybe okay and like he's in future books without an arm so that's good though i mean representation and yeah but like they don't all i guess they don't all die like some of them just come back yeah like severely injured but yeah anyway he's really the the books are good but that's all that's all i got on the spooky train (laughs) no i love it um so I guess with that, we are going to get into it. Uh, just a heads up. This is not a spoiler-free zone and things could get a little saucy. Um, so last week we ended off with um, essentially Reese getting attacked by a 90s grunge witch <laughs> ghost. Yeah. Pers- like a 90s grunge ghost. If I was a ghost, uh, I'd want to be here. <laughs> yeah. I know, same. If I had to be any sort of ghost, it would be a 90s grunge ghost. Exactly. So, yeah, they go to the library to try and look up curses and stuff, and then this ghost ends up freaking everybody out and attacking Reese. Uh, so, we're starting this week with chapters 18 to 25. So, we're going to go for it. Uh, so where we 
are at now. So again, we left off. They were attacked at the library. I should say they had a hot moment and like made out hardcore and it was good. Yes. We are very upset that they got like distracted. Interrupted. Interrupted is a good word. Interrupted by a ghost. Yes. Yeah. Why couldn't she pick a better time? Like, come on, you're already dead. (laughs) Um, So I guess after this whole debacle, they go for coffee. Um, Reese, we're in Reese's POV right now. And he mentions how like he likes the town and he thinks that Vivi fits there. Um, I feel like the way they set this book up, they set it up where there's not really going to be a choice for him at the end. If you know what I mean? Like, yeah, especially since the beginning of the book, he was like, I don't like going home. Yeah. Like, I just, I feel like they are, the author is consistently reminding us that, like, he likes his country, but he doesn't like his dad. So he doesn't like his house that he grew up in. And, like, Vivi fits in town. She loves her job. She loves the campus. She loves her family. So, like, it's sort of giving us, like, a, well, I mean, we know that, you know, if, in quotation marks, they end up together, we both know what's going to happen. Like, She's not going to leave her town. Yeah, it is a bit like I did expect a bit more, though, because she's clearly been studying whales forever. So I did expect there to be a bit of like, I'll go with you. No, I'll stay with you. Like I expected there to be more of a decision to stay together as opposed to what actually happens, which we don't necessarily need to get into now, but. No, but yeah. So again, so we get that set up. Um, I The only thing that sort of bothered me about these couple pages, so it very clearly states that they go for coffee. And then when they get to the coffee shop, they both order tea. <laughs> so like, don't say you're going for coffee if you're both going to get tea. Say you're going for tea. Yeah. Why would you say you're going to go for coffee and not get coffee? Like, they are two different beverages. <laughs> they are. <laughs> yes. You can so, say you're going to a coffee shop. Yes. And then get tea. But don't say you're going. Yeah. I completely right. agree. Anyway, that was the one thing that really bothered me. Um, Love it. So they sit together at a table. It's very cozy. Um <laughs> It was really awkward, though, because he's looking at her and she's trying to look anywhere but at him uh, because she's embarrassed about their, like, really intense makeout scene. And um, he's so in love. He's, he's so in love with her. So in love with her, yeah. He wants to talk about it. Like, he's like, we need wants to talk. Wants to continue it. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. But he's like, you know, we got to talk about the library. And she's like, no, no, we don't. Like, it was stupid. It was just a kiss. Let's not talk about it. And the thing that I, he sort of says in his head, he knows that he won't get anywhere when she's like got it in her head that she doesn't want to talk about it. So he just drops it. And like, I know they're not together right now, Mm -hmm. but like, that doesn't seem like a very healthy way to live your life. Also, because you were a certain way when you were 19 doesn't mean you're that way now. So... I don't know. Yeah. I feel like you can have a new relationship now than you did then. 
I don't know. If you're, if you're trying to have another relationship with somebody that you had a relationship when you were younger, I feel like you should start it off on a different foot and be like, hey, let's communicate. We're yes. adults now. Yes. And if they can't communicate, then you can't have a relationship with them. That's yeah. just the way it is. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but yeah, so like, I just don't understand. Like, he's like, oh, well, I'll never get anywhere. So I'm just not going to talk about it. And I'm like, <laughs> but you need to talk about it. Yeah, that's not logical. Anyway. Um, they start talking about the cafe instead. Um, so apparently it's run by magic. like. Uh, so like there are enchantments all over the cafe um to make sure that like orders never go wrong no one drops anything and it's employed only by witches like you have to be a witch to work there where was this when we (laughs) i was literally just thinking that like thank you i would love this to be my job yeah i yes like why where was it i'm so upset that this is what happened to us. Agreed. Anyway, I just I don't know what to say. Like, we had so many things break and get spilled and orders <laughs> messing up and people taking the wrong orders. Like, I just wish we had this. Yeah, it would have been amazing. Uh, anyway, they sort of like both come to the same conclusion that magic is on the fritz and sort of bad now. So like... If magic is bad and this cafe is run by magic, what the heck is going to happen? And (laughs) this is the best part. It's like a sitcom when, you know, when they like realize something and then all of a sudden the something (laughs) they realize happens. So all of a sudden, as like they're both thinking and talking about this exact thing, a huge crash happens. (laughs) And they look over And a whole table fell over and all the mugs and plates crashed on the floor and broke. And then, shocker, there's a body on the floor. So, like, (laughs) in my head, I was like, oh, my God, it went from, like... Zero to 100 real quick. Yes, it went from, like, (laughs) zero anything happening to all of a sudden, like, dead body. Hmm. And then I was like, well, maybe something nefarious happened. But actually, what happened... It's hilarious. It's even better. It's yeah. honestly it's one of the best response, one of the best spells, etc. Yeah. So, um, so I guess Reese goes over and to the body to like investigate, and he sees that the guy that fell on the floor, he's still breathing, uh, and he's holding his mug, but he's completely frozen, <laughs> like completely. Um. And they sort of, I guess they have like a talent where when you are, when you have magic, you can sense magic. So they sense it coming from his drink. Like he's, I don't know. It's like his, he's got a magic drink. I almost felt like Reese could sense it more so than Vivi. I don't know if that's true, but I felt like anytime that anyone was talking about sensing magic, but I also, like I said before, had it in my mind that something was really going to be about her magic. And obviously it wasn't. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess they're like, well, I guess that drink is has been spelled. Mm. So they look around and the owner is in the cafe 
but she just looks really concerned like oh shit what happened to this guy <laughs> yeah um so they're like well if she looks concerned she obviously didn't spell the guy then they look at uh the other worker that's there who's like looks like she's a college student and she looks suspicious and then runs into the back room um so they follow her they're like I don't, it's weird how they, like, the ambulance shows up, the owner leaves the counter to, like, deal with the, with the guy that fell over, so they, like, sneak into the back room. Um, the worker's name is Sam, and she's, like, sitting in the back on a milk crate, which is, like, what we used to do all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I was thinking about it the other day, we used to always go in the back room and sit on a milk crate to have our break. Yeah. In this, like, little closet of a room. Yeah. You'd read your book and eat your sandwich and yeah. that would be your lunch. Yeah. <laughs> it was brutal. And then like you'd feel bad because people would be coming in trying to reach stuff and have to like <laughs> walk over you. You'd like reach up and grab them the syrups or like if they needed the mop, you'd have to like stand up and move over by the fridge to get it out of the way. <laughs> and then if it was one of us in the room and the other one was coming back there half the time, we ended up getting like... We got distracted and started chatting. Yes. <laughs> exactly that. So anyway. Uh, so yeah, so she's sitting on the on a crate and uh, she sort of asks like she's upset and she asks like if the dude will be okay. And they're like, well, yeah, like he will be okay because apparently when he sensed the spell, he sensed that it it won't last forever. Like it'll mm. just last like a couple hours. They asked her then, like, well, what was the spell? What did you do? Um, she called it a bespoke spell, which I don't know what that means, but um mm. and also says like they're not gonna know what it is because they're old and it's a new spell. And I'm like, they're in their late twenties. Yeah. I would But I also appreciate old. it because <laughs> That's how I feel a lot of the time. But, like, I would put her at, like, 19, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So, like, the fact that they're only, like, nine years older than them it just doesn't seem, I don't know. That old? No, yeah. I get it. <laughs> In comparison. Like, I wouldn't have considered somebody to be 28, 29. She's only 28. Yeah. I no, I agree. Considered that super old. I feel like the author must be closer to our age and she's just projecting ish like that's kind of just how it feels maybe um so <laughs> they want to know they're like well what was it supposed to do and she's like so suspicious she's like who are you guys and why do you want to know like what is going on why do you care mm-hmm. um but then she just goes on to say that, like, the guy wanted a potion to make him hard. <laughs> magical Viagra. It's, yeah, so she's like, it's magical Viagra. And she said it, at first she made it as a joke, but eventually, like, you know, she gave it to a friend to use. And then it spread around that she could do it. So she says she gets dudes coming in a few times a week for it. So essentially she's dealing in, in potions. She's like a drug dealer, but for potions. Yeah, and I guess... There's no real laws or anything, so she's just an entrepreneur. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, good on her, though, to be honest, because 
you know, that takes an enterprising mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so she says she charges a hundred dollars a potion. Like, why wouldn't you just use Viagra at this point? Yeah, that doesn't like, make any sense because, like, you could get a prescription for Viagra and most insurance companies cover it. So, exactly. So, I don't, I don't, I don't really know why she has to make them potions when they could just easily get Viagra. Um, anyway, so. Vivi sort of suggests like maybe it's a good idea for you to not do magic for a while and like I get where she's coming from because like they know that magic is on the fritz and if people Mm -hmm. do magic bad things could happen but like they can't really tell everybody hey we broke the ley lines yeah like maybe don't do magic so like they just have to try and convince her not to do it and this girl like she is straight up bitch yep because she sam the girl sam is sam is her name essentially insults her and says that that's like asking her not to breathe and that she wouldn't understand because she's obviously not a witch (laughs) which is sort of like ouch yeah it's a bit intense like yeah and it's like vivi sort of like brushes it off by being like it's probably because she's not like I guess they probably know her to work in the university, but they also, they know that she works in the human section. Mm -hmm. And then they also sort of like Vivi thinks that they're comparing her to the um, other college, which is like the college professors on the witch side of campus. And they're all very like unique. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's sort of not, like, not that she's not unique, but you know what I mean. Like, she doesn't have the same sense of, like, style and stuff like that. So she's like, maybe they're just, like, saying that, you know, she's not a witch because all they have to compare her to are the, like, university prof witches. Yeah. I honestly, if I were her, would would have been, like, much more upset about this than she is at all. Yeah. It's like, she's barely upset about it, really. And I'm like, I would have been livid. (laughs) I think it hurts her feelings initially. But then again, like, it's one of those things that never comes back. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, which kind of makes it a bit less realistic. Yeah. Like, I would have been thinking about that for days afterwards. I would have been like, she couldn't feel that I was a real witch. Am I a real witch? Like, you know. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so this girl, Sam, like, sort of can't get over it. She's like, wow, I can't believe you're a witch. And like, wow, <laughs> you're a witch. And just keeps, like, going over it. She, like, keeps reiterating how much she can't believe that she's a witch. And it's just sort of like, okay. Like, Reese sort of starts to cut her off after she's, like, I can't believe you're a witch. I can't believe you're a witch. Reese is like, okay, we get it. Maybe you should (laughs) chill out on the magic a little bit. So that sort of convinces her. Of course, it's the man. Yeah. Um, After, like, they leave and sort of get Sam on the right track, um, they talk about how all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, we can't really keep putting out the fires. We need to solve the curse. Last week, they were the opposite. They were like, let's just put out the fires as they come. Yeah. And now 
this week. Well, we can't do that. <laughs> so they just, they're very wishy-washy. Very true. Um, I guess they're, they're very worried about the curse being stronger at Halloween um, due to Sam Hain. So they agree that they need to have it, try and have it solved by then. And <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Vivi sort of like reasserts to him that they're on the same team. Yes. And they're going to solve the, the curse together. But the kiss was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um, Reese doesn't agree. He feels, he says he feels like that kiss like woke him up. Like he was asleep for nine years and he finally woke up and like he's finally alive again. Hmm. And he doesn't want to go without it again. So I loved it. I love that he's so like sure about himself and like sure about his feelings. Yeah. It's very much a like the man is very in love and she's the one that is not sure. And I, I do appreciate that a lot in a book. So, yeah. So um, she sort of like reminds him that like when this is all over, he's leaving and what they have can't really be done long distance because in her mind, what she's saying about it now is like, it's just like sexual tension and like chemistry. So like, how you work that long distance? Yeah. Which is sad because he's not like saying that at all. So yeah, he's like, he's obviously he's in love with her and he wants to stay with her, but she's sort of reminding him that their lives like don't work together. Yeah. Um, so he sort of wonders like maybe she's right. Maybe this is just like sexual chemistry. Maybe it'll burn itself out. So I guess he sort of like resigns himself to to see if that's what it is. Yeah. Anyway. Uh the next day, Vivi is in her office and she's thinking about how now because Reese has been in her office, that's all she's going to think of. Like now mm-hmm. all she can picture is him in her office. Before it used to be a Reese-free space. So she wasn't clogged up with images of him now Mm -hmm. he's been in her office so now that's all she's gonna do is think about him being in her office um all of a sudden there's a knock at the door there's a prof from the witchy department there whose name is amanda carter and vivi sort of like notices that she sort of looks out of place to be one of the um like one of the witchery department witches like mm-hmm. said that she was pretty young like she was probably the youngest witch she's seen to get hired there um like maybe she was 30 and like she was hip and like she wore jeans not these like cloaks and like big you know like brooding things that you would picture a witch to wear so she was like oh this is cool. Like, you, you know, she thinks that this girl's a pretty cool witch. Um, apparently, according to this woman, Dr. Arbuthnot, or Arbuthno, I don't really know how to say her name. She's the dean of witchery. And she apparently sent um, Amanda Carter 
to help Vivi deal with the unbound ghost, the grungy ghost. Uh, so Amanda sort of like reveals that Piper, who is the, the name of the ghost, was involved with trying to summon spirits back in the day. Um, and so they have to figure out how to rebind her. And I guess uh, they do, like, I guess they know that if you want to catch a ghost, um, you need a couple things. Like, you need to know where, so they know that, okay, she was, this Piper girl was trying to summon spirits back in the day. And that's eventually what killed her. She summoned, she didn't have enough power to summon the right spirits. So she died. So this Amanda person gives her a weird candle and Amanda gives Vivi a heads up over like where they can catch Piper, the ghost's spirit, like a good place to catch her. Uh, so Vivi's like, all right, well then I guess we're going to a haunted house. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> cavalier. It's like, if it were me, I'd be like, heck no, I'm not going to that haunted house. Well, I'd be like, why don't you go do it? Yeah. You're a witch. You go figure the shit out. I'm not. Yeah. Agreed. I'd be like, hey, they're leaving it to you. Have fun. Mm-hmm. But they don't. She did. She takes it and she goes. So um, she texts Reese. She's like, well, he's got to help me. So she texts him to get her to meet her that night at the house. Um. He gets the text to meet her at the mysterious address. And this has no bearing on the rest of the story. I just thought it was funny. Uh, he thinks to himself that, well, at least only 80% of the things he thinks about her are filthy. I just liked it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good line. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he gets, like, a text from her to meet him at a mysterious address. And he's like, well, and I guess out of all the thoughts he has, 80% of them are sexual in nature. Fair enough. Yeah, fair. Like, when you want it and you can't have it, it's all you think about. It's true. Uh, but when he meets her, he doesn't realize it's a haunted house. Um, they're at, like, this creepy gate. And she's like, well, we're going on a quest. And that <laughs> turns him on. <laughs> like, he gets super turned on. He says he's turned on by, like, everything she does. Um... So, like, they vault the gate, like, they jump over it, and it's, like, a forest with a cabin. It's very, like... Cabin in the woods. A, <laughs> yeah, but, like, cabin in the woods plus, a, a, like, a, a wrought iron gate. I don't yeah. know. It just feels a bit contradictory, but I guess, like, a lot of people don't want people breaking into their cabins. I don't know. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Especially when they're haunted. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, I guess Vivi reveals that this cabin, Piper actually used to rent it with other college students back in the day before she died. Mm. Um, I don't understand how, like, I don't know. Actually, I'll get into it in a little bit. So, Vivi hauls out the Eurydice candle. That's what it's called. The candle that Amanda gave her. It's called a Eurydice candle. And Reese is, like, super shocked that she has one. Apparently, they're, like, super rare. So, yeah. So, like, Reese is... So, yeah. Reese is, like, how on... How the heck did you get one of those candles? Like, they're really rare. And she just says, oh, you know, the witches at the college gave it to me. So, 
I guess it's she, no questions. Is this the first, like, maybe not even the first. I kind of felt like when she came into the office, I was a bit like, oh, that's strange. But yeah. especially here where it's like, oh, this is a super rare and special candle. I was like, nobody would just give that to you. Yeah, I know. I just feel like she needed to do a little bit more research on this. Mm-hmm. But she didn't. It's fine. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. So Vivi says that obviously it has to be lit where Piper kept her altar. So because specifically because she was uh, essentially she sacrificed her life in pursuit of summoning a certain spirit and she wasn't powerful enough. um, The altar is sort of the place where her soul or her ghost will naturally, um, I guess, be drawn to. So if they put the Eurydice candle on the altar where she died, then the candle is going to suck her spirit into the candle and then they light it somewhere where it's safer to let her out. Yeah. It's interesting that that's a thing that in this world, I guess, like where your spirit died isn't where your spirit stays. Because unless they moved her, maybe... Originally, they moved her in the first place to the library because, like, she came out in the library. That doesn't seem to be anywhere near this cabin because I think they also say that the cabin is, like, on the borders of the town. So they're not worried that their magic is going to yeah, fuck with it. So, yes. like, if it's that far away from the school, how is her spirit at the school, too? It just seems odd. <laughs> Yeah, I'm assuming though it just is like they that's where they bound her, so that's where she ended up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um so apparently uh Reese asks like, "Well, why do they have to do it? Why couldn't the college witches do it?" And apparently um I guess Amanda told Vivi that it had to be them because they're the ones that set her free. So they're the ones that have to use the candle. Um, Reese thinks like it's a bad idea for them to do magic since magic is on the fritz and the candle's super powerful and he's like I don't think we should do this and she just essentially is like listen this Amanda Mrs. said that it would be safe so like it should be fine but like they don't know Amanda no and Reese knows a lot more about magic than Vivi does full stop yeah so, I, you know, I just, like, that's one thing that I was sort of like, oh, come on. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, like, you don't know this person. You don't know what their goal is. And then all of a sudden you're just believing everything they say. It's ridiculous. Um, but also, like, Vivi sort of thought of the whole magic thing. And she's like, we aren't doing any magic ourselves. Um, and Aunt Elaine figured out that the curse only extends to the city limits and the cabin is outside the town. So the curse does not affect them there. So yeah, sorry, sorry for spoiling that. That's fine. a few seconds ago. That's fine. <laughs> it was literally the next thing, so it's not a big deal. So yeah, so they don't have to worry about the curse or anything like that. So Vivi's like, "Come on, it's fine. We can do this." Um, I also like this moment. He just sort of like acquiesces. He's like, "Okay," and like, <laughs> I think she actually like. Like, they weren't in the cabin at this point. They were, like, 
in the forest outside the cabin discussing like what they were going to do. And he didn't want to do it. But she literally started walking towards the cabin and like did this little like come hither thing with her finger, like crooked her finger at him. And he couldn't help it. He went like, he was like, okay, like a little (laughs) puppy. And I really love it. I love his devotion to her. Yeah. Well, if she's going down, he's going with her. Yeah. In any sense of it. Mm. So, yeah. So I just, I really liked that. Um, The cabin apparently is like super duper creepy. Looks just like a haunted house. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Reese is like, hmm, I think maybe the library deserves a ghost and maybe it should stay there. Because he really doesn't want to go in. Which I agree. Like, I think all libraries deserve a ghost, and I'm here for it. Yeah, agreed. Like, why not? As long as it's not one that'll come out and attack you every five seconds, because then what are you going to get done? Well, just befriend it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So he's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't go in. But she's like, come (laughs) on. So they go in. Um... Apparently the mil- the inside of the cabin is like a million times creepier than the outside. <laughs> of course. Uh, and they see a picture on the wall of Piper and some other teens, which I don't get because they made it seem like the cabin was in constant use by mm-hmm. um by university students. So like I don't understand so like as soon as Piper left like the cabin was abandoned is that what happened and nobody rented again i just it didn't give that impression no it sounded like this is a spot where they always have tenants type thing yes but oh yeah i guess it's october so it's like the middle of a not the middle but the beginning of a school year really so it would make sense for there to be people there and not for it to be abandoned but like this is the thing, though, is, like, we can say that Piper has been dead for at least 25 years, 20, 25 years, depending on hmm. when in the 90s she died. Yeah. And when the, I'm going to say this book is set in, like, the late 20-teens, early 2020s. Yeah. Right? So, like, I don't understand why Piper's stuff is still everywhere. Yeah, I agree. Anyway. I guess after someone died there, maybe the owner was like, well, I can't. Can't rent it anymore? Yeah, which doesn't really make sense. Mm, I mean, it's the, really the only scenario we have. Yeah. So um, they start to like go in and look around the house for the altar, but they can't find it anywhere. <laughs> they All of a sudden, they hear footsteps. And they are afraid it's a ghost. Like, they're constantly on guard for Piper's ghost and, like, afraid she's going to attack them again. Fair. Uh, yes, very fair. Um, So they're afraid it's ghosts, but, like, since when do ghosts make footsteps? I don't know what ghosts do. I'm... <laughs> ghosts making footprints, footsteps, not even footprints. I could buy the footprints. I, I could buy, buy footprints, them. yeah. I can't buy the footsteps. No, that's true. Anyway, so they're afraid it's a ghost. They're like, oh, nail biter. Uh, but it's just kids outside. And even worse, it's the kid that cheated on his essay at the beginning <laughs> of the book when 
Vivi had that really cool spell. Yeah. So they like run and hide in the closet and they're like peeking out to see what's going on. Uh, and they realize that this cabin is like a hookup spot for kids. Hey, sketch. Well, I don't understand how that, like, how does that get you in the mood? Haunted also, house. yeah. It doesn't do it for me. I feel like it's a bit more high school than it is university. Because, like, high school, I can see the you being like, let's go to the haunted house and scare you and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. in in university, I, I feel like, I don't know. I was mostly over that shit. <laughs> well, and people have dorm rooms. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly that. Like, right? a lot of people are out of their parents' house. So, like, why would you go to a haunted house when you could just figure yes. it else elsewhere? Yeah. Anyway, so she doesn't want... Obviously, she doesn't want the kid to know she's around. So that's why they hide in the closet. Uh, it's a very, very small closet, and they are, like, Ooh. all, yeah, yes, they're all up in each other's grills. Yeah. Um, so, like, they're pressed up against each other, and I gotta say, the sexual tension in this scene was, in was like, good. It, like, was. it was. It was good. It was very good, but my anxiety brain was, like, if this fucking shit of a kid figures out that she's in there and yeah. she has to go to work in front of him i will not continue reading this book yeah agreed so they're like listening to this student and his date or whatever he says he wants to have sex in in the house but she doesn't <laughs> and he's i love this line he says like Oh, it'll be a good time. And she says, are you sure? Because that's what you said last time. And it was two <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Like, can you imagine being told that as a, as a man? And like, imagine then your teacher hearing it. Like. Also, how would you not laugh as the teacher? <laughs> like. You're like, oh. Oh, but they are. That's the thing. Like, they're laughing in the closet, like, very silently because that's yeah. all they can do. I would be, I I definitely would not be able to. To laugh quietly? No. <laughs> definitely wouldn't. No. In any way, shape, or form. I would be laughing hysterically. Yeah. Same. Um. So I guess Vivi notices Reese's hands and remembers a moment in the past when they were in her dorm room bed and she was remarking how his hands were musicians' hands. And then she urges his hand down between her legs. And I'm just like, woo! We're like, yes, after the library scene, we're going to get it. Yeah, yeah. But so in, in the present... So, like, she's having this, like, flashback, which is definitely turning her on. Mm -hmm. um, so then, I guess, in the present, when they're in the closet, they have this, like, it's a weird moment. So, like, it's an intimate moment. They don't kiss, but she puts her hands on his hips and, like, sort of wraps one of her legs around his leg to sort of, like, push him closer to her mm -hmm. and then he wraps his arm around her waist 
And then she bares her neck to him, like, vampire-ish. Yeah. And it says, like, he doesn't kiss her neck, but he puts his lips to her neck, and they just, like, stay like that for a while? (laughs) I, I, like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what we're missing, but (laughs) it's, yeah. It's hot, but, like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know. I have no words for that mm-hmm. act. So they hear a, like, they're both, like, I will say, they're both, like, really, really turned on. Mm-hmm. Um, so then all of a sudden they hear this thump outside. And she realizes, she's like, I do not want to have sex in this closet and then have my student accidentally find me having sex in this closet. <laughs> so... Yeah. She does this like spell to knock that photo of Piper off on the wall, and um, then she like makes a door slam and makes it seem like the house is actually haunted, so that she, she can scare the dude and the girl away. Mm-hmm. Um, after they're gone, though, like they don't immediately leave the closet. Like they stay in there for a minute, and then all of a sudden, it's like they're a about to go at it again mm-hmm. uh when vivi sort of like gets a little look around at the closet and realizes hey they found piper's altar which was in this closet the whole time yeah and it's like they may have never found it if they weren't forced in there because of this kid coming yeah but it's also another instance of piper literally stopping them from Yes. getting further along in the relationship god piper just leave them alone exactly um reese is pretty annoyed but they literally get like right to it and vivi lights the candle um she says that the temperature drops substantially and they move out of the closet and mist starts to form and piper mcbride's ghost come like appears basically Ooh, spooky. Uh, the ghost is uh, less substantial and less pissed this time that they see it. Uh, and she seems to be like going into the candle, but she turns and sees Reese and yells the name Penhallow and says the Penhallows are cursed for taking what wasn't theirs, which is like kind of new. We uh, we thought that he was cursed because of Vivian. So this is like new information. And I just think that maybe we should talk to Piper a little more. But anyway, as she disappears, she says, what was wrong must be righted. What was taken must be relinquished. So there's clearly something else going on than, than Vivian just like accidentally cursing him. Yes. Um, it's kind of a funny moment because they they argue that to Piper that he didn't take anything, not even Vivian's virginity. <laughs> but then they kind of wonder if like the ghost is maybe talking about someone else in the family, not Reese specifically. Yeah, and they don't have enough time talking to Piper. The flame glows blue and then goes out and Piper is now inside the candle. Success. Exactly. 
ish. I'm like, you should have talked to Piper for like five more seconds. Maybe we would have figured this whole shit out. But yeah, it's too early in the book for that, I guess. I mean, we're over halfway through. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, So at this point, it's like 2 a.m., but they go to something wicked to drop off the candle. Um, which I guess isn't that weird. Cause I think Vivi's apartment is literally in the upstairs of the shop. So yeah, um, so. she, she says that she doesn't want the ghost witch in her apartment, but it's literally just downstairs from her apartment. So I'm like, I don't think it's that far away, but they bring it to the storeroom in the back and like it sounded cool before the back of the storeroom, but it it kind of sounds even more cool now because at night it like lights a fire and the ceiling becomes a night sky with stars, which kind of like reminds me of Harry Potter type vibes. Um, and I guess Vivian just like describes it a bit more, but like if it's sunny out, the room gets windows. If it's rainy, it becomes cozy. It's like it's really a vibe. It sounds like yeah. the perfect spot to sit and read year round. Like that yes. is where I would want to spend my time. Yeah. No milk crate back there. You'd have a comfy <laughs> chaise lounge and yeah. you would be living your best life. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. If anyone's listening, our birthdays are coming up. We want one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so Vivi puts the candle down and thinks, she'll text her cousin and aunt in the morning. And like, when I read that immediately, I was like, shit, she's going to forget to do that. And then this is going to be a disaster, but that didn't end up happening. But that was immediately where my brain went. She was like, I'm going to lay this down here on this table and I'll text them tomorrow. And I was like, she's not going to text them. I think I just had so much anxiety from like the house and her student that I was like, everything's going to go up in flames and it didn't. So yeah. Uh, anyway, that aside, um, she, she thinks about how the night they just had is exactly what she thought being a witch would be like when she found out she was one. So uh, yeah, it's, it's cute. She says her life up to now has been nothing like it. She really hasn't done much witchy stuff. Um, it kind of seems like she avoids it. Uh, and, like I've said a million times, I feel like we're missing something. Yeah. Um, Vivi says that she's glad Reese never tried to sleep with her in a haunted house when they were in school. <laughs> <laughs> but he says that if it was available to him, he would have tried. <laughs> and, you know, I guess you can't really blame him. <laughs> no. And I feel like she didn't hate it either. No. Like, he, he kind of... I think he says he was mad about her and she admits that like she was mad about him too. Yeah. In like an in love kind of way. Uh, Reese then asks if they should use the word was when saying that he was mad about her. Um, He asks if he should test it out and she nods. He at this moment admits that he's still mad about her after all this time. And he calls her Cariad. Which apparently he called her in the past. And I think I did look it up at the time. And I'm pretty sure it means beloved or something. I thought I wrote it down, but I did not. Yeah, I think it's just a pet name. Yeah. I don't know. Nora Roberts uses it all the time. 
It means something's. Oh, it just means love. Oh, there okay. you go. It means love. Um, Vivian kind of acknowledges that like she could stop this if she wanted to. She knows she has control here, but mm-hmm. she she wants to continue. She walks up to him and they kiss, and she remembers their first night. And she says that within two hours of meeting him, they were tangled together in his tent. He Wee. made her. I know, which is impressive. Uh, he made her feel gorgeous and powerful, and she loved feeling like that, like most women do. Yeah. Take notes. Um, <laughs> back to the present, I guess. this That was kind of a bit of a flashback, but um, he says, and I quote Vivian, if you'll allow me to make you come tonight, I'd consider myself the most fortunate of men. <sighs> oh my God. If anyone said that to me, I would die. And not in a good way. And not uh, in a good way. No. <laughs> it just, it reminded me of like a historical romance or something. I'm like, yeah. why, why did he go from talking like a normal person? who was 29 to talking like he was in the twenties, like the 1820s or something like, yeah. I will say though, I don't remember it being that bad in, um, when you read it. Yeah. Like, I don't like, maybe I just skipped, like maybe I just skimmed past it enough that it didn't really affect me. Yeah. It, yeah, it obviously, (laughs) very much affected me because I was like you need to type this down word for word <laughs> yeah no obviously it's no good now I don't like it yeah sorry I didn't mean to ruin it for anybody <laughs> <laughs> but Vivi is here for it she says please and they stumble back to the CD behind them um, he starts to undress her and Vivi wishes this was just about sex and heat between them that they hadn't liked each other so much nine years ago. So like she's, I feel like she's, she likes, she's, she does, but she's too focused on the fact that it has to end. Yeah. And like, as a reader, you're like, it doesn't have to end. Stop thinking about it. You guys are both consenting adults. You can move. (laughs) Exactly. He has a travel business. You can do that from anywhere, literally anywhere. Um, He makes her come with his fingers and she loses herself again like the first time. Uh, But she knows that this time like has to be different. She can't love him and watch him leave again, which he didn't have to leave the first time either. Anyway, enough (laughs) griping about all that. Um, But the next morning, Vivi does remember the candle and she shows it to her cousin and her aunt. Um, Amanda is coming to pick it up from her office in the afternoon, but she wanted to show her family first, obviously. She obviously thinks about the night before because she's in the same room again. Uh, so she can't really make herself regret the night before because she feels really good in the morning. Uh, better than she has in a while, she says, even with her lack of sleep. So good how can she... Her. Yeah. Like, how like should she, she be upset about it? Yeah, she got it. Like, <laughs> she literally just had him pleasure her, and then she, like, it was it. Peaced out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 
her aunt, though, is surprised that a college witch gave her a Eurydice candle. Eurydice? Don't know. Whatever. Whatever it is. Um, with their history and all, because it's like kind of common knowledge that the witches in the school and her aunt and cousin don't really get along. So she doesn't think that they'd be willing to give her one, which we'll get to later, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I guess Vivi explains that the witch that she saw was more modern than the rest. And Elaine laughs about that and says, it's more likely that they just wanted Vivi to do their dirty work, Ooh. which makes sense. Really? Yes. Um, Vivi says it wasn't too hard and that her and Reese were fine. And Gwyn kind of looks over and is like, you guys did something. I know it. <laughs> she has like spidey senses for it. Yeah. Um, Elaine then asks uh, if that is all Vivi wanted to tell them. And for a minute, Vivi thinks that like her aunt knows about the fingering incident. Um but then she remembers what the ghost said about Penhello men being cursed <laughs> and uh, taking something they didn't own. And she wonders if it's about like their ancestor, Griffith. And what kind, of, um, what kind of a name is Griffith? I don't know. I don't know if we talked about this before. I don't, I don't think we did. It, it really reminds me of Gryffindor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, I don't know. I just don't like the name. Griffin. No. It's the worst. I agree. Um, Elaine kind of says that she'll look into it and see if she can figure anything out about any of the ancestors and if that's the reason why he might be cursed. Um, she then praises Vivi for doing such powerful magic uh, when she doesn't apparently even like cleaning her apartment with magic. Hmm. But... It's kind of funny because she says she uses the time to catch up on podcasts, which <laughs> same like yeah. She, although if I could clean my house with magic, I would just sit down and listen to podcasts instead. So no, I don't have to, the choice. <laughs> she needs to work out her priorities. I agree. <laughs> uh, her aunt tells her that her mother would be proud, which hmm. surprises Vivi since. Her mother apparently hated magic, according to Vivi. But Elaine ex kind of explains that she didn't hate it. She was good at it when she wanted to be. She just felt like magic wasn't her choice. It was just something that happened to her. So she kind of just chose another path and then had a child and I guess a husband and tried to do her own thing outside of magic. But like, that doesn't track for me. No. Because, like, if that, if it is what the aunt says, and that is actually true, mm -hmm. then I don't think she would have hidden it from Vivi. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think she would have been open about it. Like, hey, this is something we can do. I choose not to. It's like the whole religion thing. Like, letting your kids have the choice. You know what I mean? Like, you I know, but most people it. don't let them their kids have the choice. So, it maybe it's the same thing. I guess, yeah. <laughs> maybe your analogy just snapped back at you. <laughs> but I get, I get what you're saying. Not unusual <laughs> at all. No, I, I get what you're saying. Like, if her mother was like, 
this is something that happened to me, but I chose not to. You'd think that she'd be like, this is something that's happening to you, but don't show the normies. Like, yeah. it's just something that's happening. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we need more information there. I feel like we're missing something. Maybe. Um. Anyway. Vivi goes to walk back into the main part of the store and a girl is just standing there wide-eyed looking inside, which just made me think, like, who is actually running the store right now? Because, like, why is the store even open if if they're all in the back room? Like, shouldn't they just close it for a bit? But – Anyway, the point being that obviously the magic that keeps people away isn't working right now, right? which is obviously not surprising because all the magic is screwed up. Yeah. Um, Vivi goes back to the college and Amanda meets her in the parking lot. And um, Vivi's obviously really grateful to hand over the candle saying she'll take and like, Amanda says that she's going to take it to her side of campus and everything's going to be fine and, like, thanks so much. But as Vivi leaves, she looks back and she sees that Amanda's, like, heading towards the woods away from campus. And she's like, oh, she must know a shortcut or, like, (laughs) have to go to her car first. And I know. And she just goes, like, straight to work and to teach her classes and just, just, like, gonna forget all about it and i'm like what the fuck are you thinking yeah like just seems dumb it does (laughs) but we move along because that's what books do Mm -hmm. um vivi is starting to feel okay finally she feels like they're doing better and she's doing her normal work in her office when a knock comes on her door and dr Arberth not is in the doorway. And of course, at this point, we jump immediately to Reese's point of view. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we can't know what happens. Exactly. Um, so we jumped to his point of view and Vivi has showed up at his door and it's nighttime and she looks defeated and she just says, you were right. And he's just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> But she explains she thinks he was right about how they can't just put out fires anymore. They need to get to the root of the problem because by trying to put out fires, they likely are starting more. And I feel like we've had this conversation yes. four or five times by now. Like, yeah, it's it's getting intense. Like, we already knew that this was a bad plan. You can't put out the fires. you got to, like, Solve figure the out problem. the curse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But – he he gets her some wine, which I also think is a good plan. <laughs> yep. Smart. Uh, exactly. She takes her wine and tells him that they screwed up. Like, he asks if it's about last night, and she says, obviously. And mm-hmm. she's thinking about the candle and the ghost, but he's yeah. clearly thinking about fingers and couches. Um, And it takes her a second to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> But she does clarify that she's she's thinking about the candle. Um, but she does agree that another fuck up was the rest of the stuff that they did. It's just not a priority right now. Wow. Yeah. 
which is like a slap in the face a bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but back to the issue at hand, I guess. Um, she tells him that Amanda was not who she said she is. She isn't even a witch. She's a con artist named Tamsin Bly, and she deals in magical artifacts. So the college witches have apparently been watching her and expecting something from her, but she slipped past them and got to Vivi, of course, um, which, which is, is kind why, of like, I feel like this is why you need to do your research. You don't just trust any old person that gives you a rare candle. Yeah. Also, I think it's like a, maybe you shouldn't discount all of the witches that work in the office and maybe you should like pool resources and figure shit out together. Yeah. So Vivi basically says Tamsin's plan is to sell the powerful witch ghost candle to the highest bidder. Mm -hmm. Uh, She says the college witches are pissed and they also now know about the curse. Yikes. <laughs> right? Vivi just doesn't understand how she could have accomp- like accomplished the curse when she can't even do magic on her own, like big magic specifically. Um she of course concludes that her and Reese together equal disaster. Like apart their lives ran very smoothly, but together they're a shit show of curses and bad luck. Mm. Which is so sad. <laughs> Poor them. I know. She she looks around at the house again and she thinks it's like it's a creepy unwelcoming place which I thought she would have been here that summer. Like why would you if he's staying in this house, why would they be sleeping together in her dorm room instead of him taking her back there where there's like a full empty house? But but would they have, would his dad have let him in the house? Because wasn't he also staying on campus for class? I thought that, well, she knew his house was up there in the beginning. Because oh. in the in the prologue, I, I think she said that, like, his house was up that way or something. But oh. maybe it was his family house. I don't know for sure. But I just thought that it was strange that she had never been there. But I guess we don't really know. Yeah. But she uses her magic to change a pillow from his family crest to a welsh dragon and reese is like super enamored by it so he slides over next to her and she says she's run out of ways to say this is a bad idea which like obviously we know like we've heard every way that you've said it yeah um but we're still in reese's point of view and he knows this isn't a mistake um and he says there's been many but them physically together definitely isn't one and she asks if he's going to ask to kiss her and he says he is going to do a whole lot more if she'll let him right i'm like yes please uh (laughs) so of course they stumble upstairs but before he can like push her into the bedroom reese says there's something he needs to tell her which is like the worst thing that someone can tell you before they push you into bed. Cause like before now he's only made her come. I'm like, does he have some kind of disease? Cause that's what you're immediately going to (laughs) think. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but 
what he tells her that the room is even worse than the rest of the house in a like a gothic nightmare kind of way um a la dracula's bedroom um and they go in and the room is all blacks and reds and there's a canopy bed on a platform and like honestly i think i would love this room it would be right up my alley Hmm. yeah she i yeah i want one exactly I feel like um, I say that a lot in this book. <laughs> no, me I too. The, I want the spell that can grade that can suss out cheaters. I want that spell on the that stuff doesn't break and like orders never go wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want like this thing. There was something else that I said I wanted. I remember, but I don't remember what it was. Like I just want all of it. Yeah, I agree. Um. Vivi, as soon as she walks in, asks why she hasn't been there before, which I'm like, yes, yes, why? But it's probably, I guess he's probably embarrassed about it. But anyway, I would love it. Why would you be embarrassed about a giant red and black canopy bed in the middle of a room? Also, it's like, obviously his, oh, maybe that's why. I'm like, it's obviously his father's tastes. Oh, so you think having sex in your parents' like decorated <laughs> room is weird? It's more the like I don't know, like if it was his idea to have a room like that, I'd be like, yes, this is hot. I want this room for myself. But if he's like, this is my father's, <laughs> I guess that's a bit weirder. Maybe. Anyway, you'd you'd also think that there'd be like rooms for all of the kids in the house as well. One would assume that there just yeah. wouldn't be one master bedroom and that's it. But it, well, it kind of like, seems it, like that is it. It's a big house. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I don't get it. Yeah. But anyway, they do go inside. And Vivi very confidently strips, like, most of her clothes off. And she's wearing her least sexy bra and underwear. Which I kind of love because, like, most of the time, that's what that's what you're in. And Reese loves it. Um, at her request, he goes down on her. And she's lying on, like, this the high canopy bed. And he obviously makes her come because romance books. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he then reaches for a condom, asking if she wants more. And she says yes which he's probably happy about because like we're three quarters of the way into the book and he hasn't had an orgasm yet. So, yeah. So we actually spoke about how he, how much, what an eager beaver he is. <laughs> like this is our first, well, no, really, this is our second time witnessing that. Cause like he very eagerly goes down there. Like yeah. it is not a hardship for him at all. Like no. he's like, what you want me to go down there okay and then he like dives right in he does he dives right in he gets all up in there um (laughs) and then like of course yesterday the whole thing with the satie and like he very happily got his fingers right in there Mm -hmm. and was happy to do it and at the library he made her come again like yeah like he's all about it he is all about it which i'm here for yeah me too I do feel a bit bad for him, like blue balls, maybe. Yeah, like not that you can't take care of that yourself, because one hundred percent, don't let any man tell you that that's a thing. But <laughs> yeah, anyway. anyway, 
they also they have a moment where like I guess it's it's in Vivi's head now, but she says that there's like spells you can use for it, like instead of using a condom. But her aunt has always said to trust science over magic, especially like with this. Yeah. And I'm like, that is some sound device. Like, good job. Cause yeah, way to go, Angeline. Yeah, if you screwed up a spell and then you accidentally became pregnant, that would be unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Um, so obviously they have sex now. Uh, she gets on top and he does touch her to make her come, which I think like is a good representation of like more normalish sex, I would say, like needing more than just penetration. <laughs> so I do appreciate that. Yeah, it, it did say, didn't it, that um, what it said, like that he like they while they were having penetrative sex he also touched her yeah yeah on the vagina (laughs) on the clit which he can still find (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh yeah definitely appreciate that um and shortly after that he gets off himself um yes so i guess the I guess the night ends with them laughing about the furniture in the room and Vivi trying to wish that she didn't fall for him so hard when she was 19. Mm. So. So sad for her. It is, because, sorry, she thinks that, like, she thinks that this is it. She doesn't think that there's anywhere that they can go from here, and it's just so sad because, like, if they just had a conversation about the future. <laughs> <laughs> She just, just talk him. about it. Yeah. She just asked him what he wanted or how he felt. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I uh, I don't know. I feel like both of them need a good swift, like, knock upside the head. Yeah. Yeah. Like, at 19, I can understand this, but at 20-something, late 20-somethings, possible 30s, like, you would, you would have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I guess that's it for the week for us. If you would like to get in touch with us and share your thoughts on anything you heard in our episodes, uh, or if you have any book suggestions, you can email us at coffeeandcoread at gmail.com. And be sure to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at coffeeandcoread. So next week, we'll be finishing the x-hex and that is chapters 26 to 35 which is the end so make sure to follow along and if you're enjoying our little chats don't forget to follow rate and review wherever you find our content thanks for listening everyone and we'll see you on the next page